0: Okay, Philippians 1 we, sh- we shared one verse last time because we were on other topics and so I think let's just start with verse 3 do you want to read uh, verse 3 of chapter 1 so would you like to read uh, 3 to 11 Okay.
1: I thank my God in all my remembrance of you Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God.
0: I was noticing the differences in my translation. Mm. I have the NRSV. I
1: don't know what this is. Oh, New American Standard.
0: Where it says, I, I am confident of this, that mm-hmm. the one who be- began a good work among you will bring it to completion.
1: I like that. I like that better. I like completion. Because to start... There's like a starting and then a completion.
0: Yeah, and then they do the syntax differently in verse 7. Instead of, I hold you in my heart, apparently the syntax is uncertain in the Greek, and it can be either I hold you in my heart or you hold me in your your heart. Oh. Because I have a footnote that gives that, and it doesn't give other manuscripts or anything. It's just apparently within the syntax It can be either way. Okay. So he has, you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation. It was just, uh, to me, a little bit stronger that they were sharing in his imprisonment. How? I think vicariously. Unless some of them were in prison, and it's possible that some of them were. Mm -hmm.
1: Well... Like did he's he in
0: when well, he was in prison in Philippi,
1: right? That's when the earthquake happened,
0: right? Yeah, and I'm not sure, but what he was in prison there for some time. I well, let's see if the introduction helps us with anything.
1: Isn't that the imprisonment you're talking about, or is there another one? The earthquake
0: one. Well, I'm, I'm looking here to see what it says. Except that Paul was in prison at the time of writing and awaiting trial. So it doesn't say where he was in prison.
1: Was he in prison? Well, in Rome? a trial would be Rome, wouldn't it?
0: It would seem like it.
1: Because I don't remember him having another trial that we know of other than the Roman one.
0: So how would they share in his imprisonment? Um, I think by sending him letters, by assuring him of her prayers, by bearing the shame of not of standing with him, it had to be that when a person was put in prison, you wanted to shun them because then you saved your own reputation. And they didn't do that. Oh,
1: okay. I'm okay. guessing. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. How interesting that they only have... Like, Paul writes to the different churches. like, why isn't it the letters that came from the churches in here to understand what he's responding to? It would be wonderful to have that. But in ancient times...
0: They didn't, they weren't so interested in context as we are. Really? Mm-mm. For one thing, it was difficult. For one thing, this is scripture, and so I got saved as scripture, and they didn't have a compendium that was background to the letters of Paul or something like that. They, for example, and we we talked about this in First and Second Corinthians. Paul is actually quoting the letter from the house of Chloe, and there's no way to tell that in the Greek because there's no quotation marks. There's, not, there's nothing in Greek to indicate a quote.
1: Which which letter is quoting it? First uh, uh, Corinthians one. 1st Corinthians. The whole letter.
0: Throughout, oh, okay. there's there's quotations here okay. and there. And so, how do we know the quotation marks? We don't know the quotation oh, marks, okay. but we can tell when Paul contradicts himself.
1: Oh, oh, I see.
0: This is this is interesting, but I, I think the the sharing is really vicarious, and a willingness to not be ashamed. Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> be ashamed of Paul. I noticed your version had uh, verse eight. The affection of Christ Jesus I thought that was interesting I have the compassion of Christ Jesus I have
1: a little number next to it literally inward parts Hmm. of Christ Jesus in this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and it has a little and all discernment has a little Colossians one nine. On the word "real," I just kind of wanted to look it up and see what that means. For this reason, also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And of course, knowledge has more <laughs> references. I'm just curious about the word "knowledge," and the reason why is because oh, real knowledge.
0: Yeah, why why did they translate real knowledge in one place and just knowledge in
1: another? And over here in the text says real knowledge also on the side. Oh. Um, because this last week I was introduced to the word yada in Hebrew. Yada. Mm-hmm. Yada. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, yada. Yada is the way it's pronounced. To know. Mm-hmm. And and just all the understanding of the different to know is a real intimate way of knowing and to be known experiential Mm -hmm. knowing
0: Mm -hmm. and it's not a casual
1: yeah uh cerebral kind of knowing right and i just loved that i wrote it in my little chalkboard next to my devotional place you know that and that's why he says if it has to do with that kind of knowing
0: yes it does i because how else could he say that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight in other words, as you know him intimately, more. your love overflows right. more and more. Right. Uh, and, and you don't, your love doesn't overflow more and more from a cerebral You're right.
1: discussion. It's experiential.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it was kind of fun to kind of read on that word and, and, and how even the first Yah is the beginning of Yahweh
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how that was just such a like they wouldn't
0: even write that word right Because it was so yeah they write Yada um, but what? not Yahweh right
1: yeah and,
0: they, they actually they would write it but they wouldn't pronounce it mm, okay. um,
1: And then I like the way you pronounce it you pronounce it yada uh-huh. I like that you told me that because I later was thinking, oh my goodness, this is such a powerful holy word. And it's used very, you know how it's used very flippantly. That's mm-hmm. when people say that people talk on and on, yada, yada, yada. And I was like. Yeah, but know. they're not using the Hebrew word, they're, they're not. using something else. They're not. I know, but it made me think of that. I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they don't understand. Like, people, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't have until I, like, you know, and it's not yeah. used in that way, but still, the fact that the letters uh, are the same. In,
0: in Philippians, it's probably. Let me see. Well, because that's a Greek, right? It really it's Greek. Maybe it's over here. I think we have an interlinear Old Testament. It's an in interlinear Old Testament. We don't have an interlinear Greek New Testament. It's either... Can it? It's either gnosko, which is more intellectual knowledge,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or oida. Oida, oida is, is probably related to yada. Oh, okay. Yada.
1: Oida die even. Oh, what's interesting in Spanish? There's two different words for to know, hmm. and one is more to know knowledge is saber. Conocer is to know more, like between people. So it's kind of the same.
0: Yeah. Well, I I tell you, Spanish and Chinese, and probably every other language is much, in some ways, much easier to relate to. The original languages of the Bible, than English. We're, English is a hybrid language It's not a pure language. we just like our country. we just take
1: our country. Yes, we language? take we
0: we've taken words from this language and right. words from that language, and
1: it's not like an original language.
0: No. And consequently, there's lacunas. What's
1: uh-huh. lacunas?
0: Lacuna is a gap. That's why there's a gap. Yeah. This is be definitely experiential knowledge.
1: Yeah. That your love me and balanced on more and to more to help
0: you determine what is best. Hmm. Discernment. Came across this yesterday, and I'm not going to tell you the context because of privacy. But <clears throat> um, it is possible to have the full truth about God intellectually, cerebrally and lack it in the heart, Mm -hmm. lack it in the experiential part of the being, and thus go after something that is just totally contrary. Toby Kidd, it's all here. And to actually abuse people and misrepresent God and go against what you've actually taught and not see that you're going
1: against what you've actually taught because it's not experiential. Well, even how it continues, so that you may approve the things that are excellent,
0: yeah. Mind
1: sincere. That
0: was that was where, um, I was to help you determine what is best, is what my version mm. says.
1: As far in, instead of discernment or instead of the things that are excellent, the things that are excellent, oh, okay. Um, yeah, on the side note, it says or distinguish between the things which differ mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so. So, in other
0: words, so we make good decisions in terms of morality and in terms of, of lifestyle issues and relationships. Mm-hmm. So that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless. That's so Hebrew. Job mean? was a blameless and upright man,
1: mm.
0: according to Yahweh. At the end of the day, that wasn't what was important. At the end of the day, it was important that he spoke of Yahweh was right under pressure.
1: Wait, explain that, explain
0: it. If you look at Job, Job starts on the note of Yahweh standing up and saying, "Have you considered my servant Job? That he is a blameless and upright man. He fears God and shuns evil." And the Satan contests that mm-hmm. and wants to challenge that, and so they take it to an experiential kind of like literally.
1: court, a trial. A trial by ordeal by Job. Job being persecuted, basically,
0: yeah. yeah, and losing everything he has, and and all of that. And Job begs God over and over for vindication and and innocence, and and because he because the three friends are tearing him down and telling him he's guilty of some terrible sin. The reason he's suffering, and and Job contends, no, God isn't like that. And he treats everybody alike. And then God comes down and it sounds to the reader like God is blasting Job he's mm-hmm. actually not huh. there's a ancient Near Eastern there's a lot of ancient Near Eastern context to that book and one of them is that this questioning where were you, who were you, who are you and mm-hmm. in, in all of that is a, actually an examination process in a classroom in a school scribal school that's how they examine students. We have examination texts that show that.
1: To ask all these questions. They, the
0: teacher asks the student all these questions, and the student overwhelms the student, and the student can't. Oh, go. actually doing that overwhelming thing to show that you really don't know that, that much. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, at the same time, to let Job respond, uh, can you take on the problem of evil? It's, it's, that's the overriding question God is trying to get across to Job. It seems
1: like, of course not. And
0: and um, and of course the answer is no one on earth is his equal, meaning the Leviathan. So then God turns to the three friends and exonerates Job, but not by calling him a blameless and upright man, saying, "You have not shown, you have not said the truth about me like my servant Job has." You see, by, by Jesus said, by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you're condemned. It's not just the words. It's words under pressure. What we will say under pressure is what stands. And, and so <clears throat> it's just interesting that in the end, Job's, Job, who wanted vindication so much, is in a sense, God, he gets it, but in a sense, he's denied it because there's a greater issue at right. stake. Right. So, this blameless, I,
1: I, that triggered it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Blameless it's blameless and it's, pure. It's, yeah, it's the exact word. Blameless, sincere blameless, yeah.
0: Having produced the harvest of righteousness, it's oh, really interesting.
1: That, that's like an examination,
0: how it was done, he said, like in. In the, in the schools, in the scribal
1: schools of Mesopotamia. Oh, well, that's that's a long time ago. Well, was that also done like in the rabbis where everything was a question? I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I, you know, I never thought of looking into that. Yeah. Is it to keep the, the student humble?
1: Yes. And in a place of learning?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Huh. How interesting. That's really cool to know. So we have a short paragraph, unless we have something more on this one. I think we already kind of talked about what stood out for us. Yeah. Okay, so let's. I'll, I'll read um, verses 12 to 14. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ, and most of the brothers and sisters having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Hmm. I almost feel like reading the next paragraph because we're kind of halfway. to, a 15, point. to 17? 15 to
1: 17. You want to read that? Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. There's one more verse. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pre- pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Wow, that's that's it right there. <laughs> I want you to know that this has
0: happened to me, so that the whole—I had an experience at PUC with this text, and my memory's a little hazy on how the text played a role, but I clearly remember it did. I, uh, <clears throat> I had a situation with my eyes where I had three kinds of correction: I had stigmatism correction, myopia correction, and <clears throat> prism correction. And the prism correction was the problem. I should never have been given that. My eyes kept changing. So I needed more prism and correction. Like almost every six months, it seemed like. Hmm. And um, anyway, I had gone. I had needed a change of glasses shortly after I started PUC my second year. And the optometrist told me to not wear my glasses because they were really they were really doing things to my back and I my, my shoulders like had burning down my back really fiercely and I now think that this whole thing may have been part of a medical diagnosis I later got of MS.
1: You have that?
0: I d don't in that I won't. <laughs> I have I have fought that battle. Um, I do I do, do a treatment for it that was very effective, mm-hmm. and that helps. I, I don't have any overt symptoms, mm. but my back goes out easily. Mm. And if I do the treatments, it, it doesn't go out as easily, mm. and it's specific to MS, so I don't know. I But I choose not to have it. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. Anyway, so he told me not to wear my glasses anymore and to to patch one eye, because that's what you do with prisms. So I did that, and I went home for Christmas, and they gave me new glasses, and I couldn't see out of them. So I went back, and I said, you know, I can't see out of these glasses. And so they checked the prescription and, and everything, and everything checked out, and they said, well, you know, it just takes time. So uh, then I went out, and I mentioned it to the... Receptionist, and she said, well, you know, it's all in your head. So that made me a little defiant, mm-hmm. and I decided, okay, I'm going to force myself to see through these mm-hmm. glasses. I could not see. When I got to PUC, I had to drive with these glasses when I couldn't see the signs until I got almost on them. Mm. I had to drive the 58 from Tehachapi to Bakersfield, and I should never have been behind the wheel in a car that I wasn't familiar with. But anyway, I did. The angels were there and I got to PUC and I, I couldn't read the big signs in the in the gym to be able to register until I got right under them. But I kept forcing myself to to power through and I got so I could see perfectly. But it was making me very ill. Mm-hmm. I went to another optometrist in in Santa Rosa and told him my flight and he just said well you know I think you just aren't mature enough for college you need to go home and be with your folks I was like okay <laughs> here we go again and I said well would you please check to see if the lenses are in right side up because I had oh. granny I had granny glasses and I had had a, a attached lenses that they put in for a while to make sure they were the right kind and one of those lenses got put in upside down, mm. which wreaked all kinds of havoc. So he said, "Yeah, no, I, I need to check that. I need to check something else. And the next thing I heard him say was, I can't believe it. He had my glasses in his hand. He said, they put your left lens in your right mm. side and your right lens in your left side. And I had two very different eyes. hmm so I was like, yay, I finally got help. And he put them in the right, and I could see. Mm-hmm. And I went back home thinking I had won the war. Mm-hmm. And I got worse. And mm-hmm. worse. And worse.
1: As far as eyesight
0: changing? No, as far as my whole body oh. reacting. Huh. I got weaker and weaker and weaker. I ended up talking to one of the pastors and the pastor staff, pastoral staff because he was my... Uh, support person for a project I was working on that definitely used my eyes. I was editing a little paper for street people in Berkeley, and he wanted to know when the annex issue could come out, and I told I had to tell him my situation. Mm-hmm. And he said, well have you ever thought of? And then he paused, and I thought, he's going to tell me, have you ever thought of seeing a psychiatrist? Because of everything else that had happened, you know. And he said, have you ever thought of having anointing in the service? And I was like, no, I always thought that was when you were dying, you know, that you did that. He said, well, actually, James doesn't say that. So we set up a time on Sabbath. And meanwhile, one of my friends went around talking to people about my picture of God. And the reason she did is because my eyes would change every time I tried to write
1: hmm.
0: about God. And I got to feeling like there was some kind of great controversy going on over my ability to write. And so she went around telling, and I remember feeling at reading this text and feeling like I understood what Paul meant, that, that people were becoming more aware of the real issues that I felt were so concerning about God because I was sick, Mm. than they would have if Mm -hmm. I hadn't just lived my normal life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I I cannot read that without Mm
1: -hmm. thinking about thinking about about that.
0: Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry. I've never quite understood how people could proclaim Christ to injure Paul.
1: Like how that could happen, or... Yeah, what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, here it says, some to be sure are preaching Christ even from envy and
0: strife. So are they trying to one-up Paul? So... Because envy, that would go with rivalry. Right. Or being
1: jealous of...
0: So wanting to up one-up Paul and, and be out there more than he is, they, hit, they get the attention instead of him.
1: Right. And count it as their, like if it's their message or whatever, mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. thing, even though maybe Paul had already been preaching these things. And strife is um, like conflict, isn't it? Isn't strife like... What does yours say? Envy?
0: Mine says rivalry, envy, and rivalry. Oh.
1: So yeah, rivalry is conflict.
0: Yeah, it is a form of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a specific form where you're you're competing with someone. You see them as your rival.
1: And usually, when people compete, is because they feel insecure in their own. You know, maybe someone can. I'm wondering if people would be preaching knowledge-based and not experiential. Oh, absolutely. Being you, can't, envious you can't be someone else's experience. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe being so. Being envious of his experience with Christ. Yeah. Well, I can preach just as good and get just as many people here yeah. with the knowledge base. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of where that... It's still the truth... Because it's knowledge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not experiential. Because he just, he talks about that kind of knowledge earlier. So maybe it's that kind of thing. But I think when it's up here, when it's just that kind of knowledge, that kind of knowledge can create conflict or that kind of spreading of the word because it's only here. Mm-hmm. You can't fight someone's experience. No. And so, that's where I think we get into trouble.
0: Yeah, and, and what goes with that is, in verse 17, others proclaim for Christ, Christ out of selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. Rather, Not sincerely. Rather than pure motives. So they, by doing that, increase Paul's suffering in his imprisonment.
1: They intend, in these
0: things. They intend to increase his suffering in his imprisonment.
1: By even without social media, he still heard of these things happening through the letters that came to him, <laughs> apparently.
0: Word gets out, doesn't it? So, just that Christ is proclaimed. So, he even if it isn't experiential, even if it isn't sincere, even if it isn't really true to what Paul is about, at least Christ is being preached.
1: Right, that's basically what you saying. Yeah.
0: Paul has a, a, an amazing spirit that yeah. is hard to put down. Yeah, yeah, we need to put. This is good. Yeah, I like Philippians. To me, Philippians is the positive book. Not that the other books aren't positive, mm-hmm. but there's something about Philippians that just feels like a big dose of positivity.
1: Well, I'm sure he was writing it. I'm sure as he was writing it, it was ministering to himself as well.
0: You know, here he is in prison yeah. writing all this positivity
1: right. Christ was was ministering to him as he was doing that writing
0: yeah. there's some really good gems in here look forward to moving on mm-hmm. through it. actually those little letters Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians are just packed full they are they're okay. good Okay, let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for the message that you gave Paul in pla- in a place of despair, prison. We thank you that he was able to take that place of despair and turn it into a, a place of hope. And we thank you for uh, giving to us his message and his concern for an experiential knowledge of you. We pray that our knowledge of you may grow more increasingly experiential every day. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. amen.
1: Amen.